Okay, sorry about that, Oak Ridge. I was having trouble with my unmute button. This is a day in the life. So good morning and welcome. Excited to kick today off. We got a special Sunday for a couple of reasons. And um, I'm just gonna start with uh, just some, some Zoom highlights. So this meeting is being recorded, uh, especially today we're gonna honor some graduates. So it's an awesome opportunity to send that out uh, to friends and family. So we are recording this. The mute capacity on your Zoom meetings is currently set by the host. When we go into our breakout rooms later today, we'll be opening that up so that everyone can chat freely. Just helps us um, with background noise and everything like that to mute that all for now. What we do have available is the chat for everyone. If you've got questions for the pastors, you can send those privately, or if you'd just like to say hello. Um, so you can use that chat feature and um, we'll also talk through if there's any questions that are posed uh, at the end of our time together today. So along with Adelaide in the background, <laughs> I'm excitedly going to share my screen here and we're going to have uh, some time to honor our graduates. So give me just a second. Excellent. All right. So our first graduate up today is Joshua Ludlow. And this is this fine gentleman. So Josh graduated in the spring of 2020 from the University of Maryland, Baltimore County with a BFA in animation. So we are extremely excited to see uh, Josh's future ahead as he creates and, and does some great things for us. Janine, Janelle, sorry, Janelle McLaughlin graduated from in December 2019 from the University of North Carolina in Wilmington. She received a bachelor degrees in business administration and marketing strategy with a minor in French. So maybe some, some French business prospects there. Melissa McLaughlin graduated summa cum laude from the College of Charleston, May 9th with a bachelor's degree in international studies in French. She received outstanding student award in both majors. Whew. Dual majors, that's awesome. Great job, McLaughlin sisters. Adam Racer. Adam graduated from high school this year. He's been homeschooled since kindergarten and has been taking classes lately at CCBC for several semesters where he's been named to the Dean's List on those semesters. Adam is loved by family and friends and is known for his quirky humor, love for video games, cool dance moves, and a big brave heart that emphasizes others. His plans for after graduation or continue his education in the fall with uh, looking to become a school guidance counselor. So this is a note um, from Adam's parents and it concludes with, we thank you God for Adam. We thank you Adam and pray God's blessing for you today and always. That's an awesome picture of Adam too. I think that really does a fantastic job of capturing Adam as a personality. It's awesome. So Josiah Skiles. Josiah Skiles graduated from Cedarbrook Academy this year. And so I have a note here from Josiah's parents. It says, Josiah, you have always been a special gift to our love, to our lives. So many prayers were prayed by us and others to beg the Lord to give us a child. And you were the first to answer those prayers. You have always been about people and relationships. From a toddler, you were eager to engage with people, whether it was at the mall, waving and smiling at strangers, or as a young boy, with so much to say and to share. You are fiercely loyal, kind-hearted and loving. You see beauty in the rainy and cloudy days. You love nature and have such a sense of awe in God's amazing creation. 
My phone is full with pictures of beautiful skies and clouds that you just had to get a picture of as we were driving in the car. You have always amazed us with your entrepreneurial skills from baking and selling to dad's coworkers to your speedy weedy business to present day to, by selling used Legos online. You are always looking for creative ways to make money. You are extremely creative and gifted communicator, both orally and the written word. So many have enjoyed your Lego animations. When you completed your large research paper for composition class, you said, I really enjoyed that. I'd love to write another one this summer. You poured over the yearbook this year and several past years, editing the text and the design of the pages with such a keen eye for detail. We know that over the last years, there have been many challenges, but we are trusting God who began a good work in you and will continue until the day of Christ Jesus. We love you and believe God has great plans for you. Love mom and dad. And there's all the Skiles family. Awesome. Awesome families. Guys, this is just exciting. So we have Dan Wu up next. And so congratulations to Dan Wu on completing officer training at Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama. He is now a second lieutenant in the United States Air Force. Dan is a 2016 graduate of the University of Maryland College Park with a biology major and a Chinese minor, a certified EMT, and soon to start his second year as a student doctor at Liberty University College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dan is a hard worker who, who loves life, loves God, and loves people. He is so grateful to everyone for their prayers and support and ask that you continue to pray for him as he faces challenges in his upcoming school year. Daniel, thank you for your service and your commitment to this country. And I just, um, I, along with the, the rest of the pastors, and I, I think I speak for the whole congregation, when we just um, pour out excitement and praise for these young graduates and, and the life and the dreams and, and the promises that they have ahead of them. And, and um, we just lift you guys up uh, in support. And I'm going to pray for you guys right now. And uh, so I ask that we just bow our heads as we lift these guys up. Father, I thank you so much for what you've done uh, in these young folks' life. I thank you that um, God, education and, and just learning God, is something that is near and dear to you and that you encourage us to do it. And I thank you for um, the gifts and the talent and the knowledge that you have given these people and I pray that as they, as they graduate and they prepare for this next season of life, that they, that they take that knowledge that they've learned and the love that they have from you and the support of their families and this church, God, and they just go on to be blessed, continually blessed, just to do awesome things, not just for them, not just for their family, um, God, but just for, for you and for your kingdom. I thank you for the opportunities that you have put in their life so far. And, and we just look forward to so much more um, great things in their life. Amen. And so um, in addition to getting to honor our graduates today, I believe that we are going to have the, uh, the closing teaching of our Control Shift Alt series. And, and John Toner today is going to talk about Alt. And so with that, I'll, uh, I'll bring up John. Well, hello there. Good morning. So, um, yes, anybody surprised if the teaching labeled ALT gets a John Toner label on it, right? So the, the topic I'm given is uh, 
let all that you do be done in love. And love is a really big topic. And I'm told I have 11 or 12 minutes, 15 max. So I plan to start with looking at agape, the Greek word for love, and its insanely unattainable standards, why it is that all of us badly need it and none of us are capable of it in our own nature. Uh, we're going to look at 1 John 4, and if this is graduation Sunday, then we're going to look at the Bible's formula for love and how to receive it, how to live it, how to give it. Um, we're going to I'm going to tell you a story about Mario and Maria, and we're going to look at a familiar passage at the end of uh, Luke chapter seven that is possibly the best example I know of John First uh, John four in action. And finally, we'll explore all this how it applies to you and me, all in eleven to twelve minutes, fifteen max. Yeah. So agape, um, agape is a Greek word that uh, there are a lot of words in the scripture for love. Agape is the common one here, and it means to be fond of or to love dearly. It's a very sacrificial love. If we really understood this word, we'd realize how insanely lofty and high its standards are. Um, falling in love with a, you know, another person, that's infatuation. There may be 2% agape and 98% something else. Um, I've, said, I've heard it said that agape love is unconcerned with the self. It's concerned for the benefit of the other person. And that's why we're, it's an impossible standard for us because in our own nature, we are wrapped up in the self. We are. I am. You are too. Um, and also, I've read that agape love does not come naturally to any of us in our sinful state because we're so wrapped up with ourselves. But instead, um, it, it does come naturally to God. It's who he is. And we, when we experience his agape love for us, that is the key to moving forward. So I'm going to share my screen, we hope. And it'll be so exciting because I'm such a good technology guy. Oops. Yep. And uh, here's the verse that I want to look at here. First John 4, 16. Actually, it's uh, 18 and 19. I trimmed it down. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Let's see if I have my crazy, this is like half done here. But here's the diagram here, okay? So <clears throat> we are lost on our own, totally wrapped up in ourselves. And we are incapable of agape. God's like the sun. We're like the moon. We can reflect it back. I didn't have time to draw my arrows. We love him back because he first loved us. We're capable of loving others because he first loved us. So let's stop sharing my screen. Stop share. There we go. And um, so agape is just this crazy high standard. It's... um. It's almost impossible for any of us to live by that standard. And um, Luke 7 shows an example of God loving us first. However, I'd like to first look at the story of Mario and Maria. So hundreds of years ago and thousands of miles from here, there was a small village. It was a very religious community whose citizens valued hard work 
discipline and moral piety. Among its children was a boy named Mario and a girl named Maria. When they were young, Mario and Maria would play together along with the other kids in the village. Sometimes they'd get into trouble with parents, but mostly at a young age, times were happy and carefree, full of laughter and fun. As they grew older, their life circumstances and their lives went on different paths. Mario's parents were well-to-do, religious and influential. They loved Mario with conditional love. I want to repeat that. They loved Mario with conditional love. It's all they knew from their parents. It's all they knew from their culture. When Mario was a good boy, he felt their love and approval. When he was bad, he felt their rejection. Overall, it worked out okay for Mario as his performance usually merited his parents' love and acceptance from the community. And as he grew to be a man, he too became well-to-do and influential. And when he did wrong, he usually hid it well from others. In a world of conditional love and approval, Mario was one of life's winners. Maria did not have Mario's good fortune. At age nine, both of her parents died tragically from disease. The disease struck Maria too. She didn't die, but she was disfigured and a bit mentally impaired as a result. She was bounced around from one family member to another. Uh, she suffered abuse more than once. And at uh, age 14, she chose to run away. Now, a young woman in that culture with few skills, her impairments, no husband, no family, she had few options. So she fell into selling herself to men to earn a living. Now, Maria had the same religious background as Mario, but without the advantages. She knew right from wrong. She understood conditional love. However, unlike Mario, her performance rarely merited feeling loved and approved, either by her culture or her neighbors or the men who rented her body or herself. In a world of conditional love and approval, Maria was one of life's losers. So but let me pause the story for a minute before we see how it turns out. Let me ask, how is your life like Mario's? Or like Maria's. How do you and I travel through this life? I mean, the majority of us, I believe, on this call are Christian believers. So we understand that we're sinners. We understand we need a Savior. We understand that it's not what I do that make, gives me value. It's God's love for me. And yet, on a daily basis, do we lose track of that? I do. My friend Tim Keller does. So I guess everybody on this call does too. So how often is it that we're like a Mario, where if our performance is going well, we feel good about ourselves. We accept ourselves and we feel we're worth others' love and might even look down on others. And when we do poorly, like Maria, we self-condemn and lose track of the fact that it's all by the grace of God 
that we are changed. So let's take a look at our friends again. Let's return to our story. Um, yeah, let's return to our story. And um, a teacher, a traveling preacher, you could even call him a motivational speaker, came to their village. And if you'll allow me the liberty of just changing names, you can read about the end of this, their story at the end of Luke chapter 7. Now, Mario was requesting this teacher to dine with him, and he entered Mario's house and reclined at the table. And when Maria learned that the teacher was reclining at the table in Mario's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when Mario saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is, that she's a sinner. And the teacher answered him, Mario, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which one of them will love him more? Mario answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. He said to him, you have judged correctly. And turning toward Maria, he said to, him, to, he said to Mario, do you see this woman? at my feet, washing my feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair. When I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. When I entered, you gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven for she loved much, but he who's forgiven little, loves little. And then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And there it is. That's agape love. That's how it works. I think every single one of us, it's funny, uh, before the official show started here, somebody was mentioned, Dave, maybe or Mike, gonna be in a plane July 12th. July 12th is my spiritual anniversary. July 12th, 1977, I prayed the sinner's prayer and um, declared spiritual bankruptcy before our maker. And that's the greatest feeling ever. And then I joined a church. And that's where you get built up and it still falls apart because we get this performance thing. We get this thing where we don't mean to, and none of us, you know, it, I don't know how it affects our churches, how it affects our lives, but this desire, this rat race, this, this hamster wheel of, of righteousness, of needing to prove that I'm good enough, that I'm worthy. 
It's um, Paul in Philippians 3 has had enough of it. He says, forgetting all, he talks about all of his spiritual credentials, his amazing spiritual resume, and he says, it's crap. All I want to know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so my encouragement to me, this is a message for me, and I'm just letting you uh, hear me talk to myself, and you get anything out of it, that's great too. But it's a message and a reminder to me, and I think to all of us, that God only changes broken people. He only changes needy people. Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, it's not the well who need a doctor. It's the sick who need a doctor. And to the extent that you and I want his ministry in our lives, that's when we come to him needy and hungry and just admitting whether last week was a wonderful week and it was a Mario week and you were, as far as you know, you know, doing the do's and don't and the don'ts, or if it was a Maria week, either way, we daily thank obedience. This is what I wrote this morning when I was walking around. My obe- when I obey God, that is his gift to me. It's never my gift to him. Now, you can look that up. I'll, uh, that's John Toner. I think it's accurate. You can think about it. But he, he, when I am obeying him, that is his gift to me and to my life, not the other way around. So um, if we want to have, I mean, we can break into discussions. I, I, I'm not the master of this format here. There are some discussion questions I think will be circulated um, for the small group meetings and whatnot. But um, whose story do you relate to more? Mario? Maria? A bit of both. Or another question is, what do you think about the statement that to receive God's unconditional love, you must first admit that you need unconditional love because you'll never be good enough to earn conditional love. That's the rat race of this world. You know, they say that Christianity is a crutch. You better believe it. You better believe it. And everybody's a cripple. And it's only when we acknowledge that we're a cripple that we can receive what we need. As long as we try to be self-sufficient, improve our worth on our own, we're going to be a Pharisee sitting at the table with Mario. Or question three, scale of zero to 10, how much do you think you rely on God's unconditional love and approval as a primary sole basis of feeling loved and approved? Or when, when do you more rely on his love? When, what are the circumstances that cause you to lean into his unconditional love versus the circumstances that let you prop yourself up by your own efforts. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. And as uh, trite as this might sound, I actually love all of you guys. And I hope you have good discussion times. All right. Thank you, John. We are gonna um, we're gonna sing a couple of songs here um, to celebrate God's love for us, and um, just to dwell on it and enjoy it. So I encourage you to sing along um, with us. The words will be coming up on the screen uh, here shortly. We're gonna sing "One Thing Remains" and uh, "Build My Life." Um,
Let's just take a moment and let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you love us unconditionally. We thank you that um, even though there is nothing that we can do to be uh, good enough to, to merit, to warrant your love, um, that you choose to love us, that you choose to offer us salvation, redemption through your son, Jesus Christ. And as we sing to you now, we want to sing um, just with an honest attitude of thanks and praise for what you've done for us and that you continue to love us uh, even uh, as we continue to uh, go astray and need correction and need to be encouraged and brought back um, to your good and perfect ways. So we pray, um, we pray that you would just renew us with a sense of your goodness and your love for us as we sing these songs to you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>